0: Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Edwin Diaz is out for the year, a torn Patel attendant. He's getting surgery. Expected recovery time between six to eight months, more likely at least the latter. So it does not seem like we'll see the Mets closer at all in 2023. We're gonna discuss that throughout the show today, particularly in the first segment. The injury, uh, you know, whether this is something that should change the way we feel about the world baseball classic or not in the second segment. I'll go through the internal options again. I think this really comes down to David Robertson and Adam Ottavino. Are they good enough to get the job done this year? And then, last segment, we'll address some free agents that are still out there, as well as uh, some potential trades. Before we get to any of it, though, I'm here with Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter at Finkelstein Ryan. You can also find some of my writing at justbaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Now, on yesterday's show, I assumed that Edwin Diaz would be out for the year. Now, we have confirmation that that is essentially the case. He has what they call the thickness tear to the patella tendon, and he's getting surgery. Got surgery this afternoon. I mean, maybe he's under the knife right now, so I'm recording this around 330 um, Thursday afternoon so with that said the Mets basically have lost their closer for the year what Billy Epler the Mets GM said about this injury is he said that the general timetable is about eight months he said he will not really know a specific timetable for Edwin until they get in there and perform the surgery and they know how the surgery goes and also once they can understand when he can start to bear weight on that leg you can start to get a, a picture of what the rehab process will be like, but they're not going to have any indication of that anytime soon. Best case scenario, everything breaks right. If he's the exception to the norm, he's back in six months. And if you do the math, what are we in right now? We're in March. So, you know, six months puts you at September. I, I think the only thing you could possibly dream about is, is around this time in September, the middle of the month, we hear Edwin Diaz is making rehab appearances in the minor league and maybe he could be ready for the playoffs. That's if everything broke right and there's a much, 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 much greater chance that that's not the case. Now, on yesterday's show, I was emotional uh, about this topic, as I think all Mets fans were. I was frustrated. I think the general discourse around what happened has probably been a little bit unfair. I, I don't know how you know I really came off last night because, honestly, I didn't watch it back. I put it up there, and that was my gut-raw reaction. I stand by everything I said yesterday. Uh, I don't think that this is suddenly going to end the World Baseball Classic. Do I think that there's been some people, like uh, I saw Howie Rose put up something that I actually thought was pretty wise, where he said, why don't you do this after the season? If an injury like this happened in November, an eight-month timetable puts a player back towards the All-Star break. That would also allow you to theoretically have more pitchers available for this type of a tournament. We've seen Max Scherzer discuss a mid-season tournament. Now, that wouldn't necessarily cure this specific injury, but it would allow more pitchers to participate. Now, I'm sure as a Mets fan, now you're saying, I don't want any of my pitchers participating. I get that sentiment as well. Bottom line, this was a freak injury, okay? We've seen freak injuries happen a, a million times. You know, Jerry Blevins hurt himself falling off a curb, and I'm pretty sure David Peterson had something s- similar, where he, he was you know broke his foot in, in some capacity. Um, you know, Ioannis Cespedes broke his ankle. What was it, chasing the hog or something? There's been a lot of weird injuries. Weird injuries can happen anywhere Um, Any time, it's, you know, not specific to the World Baseball Classic. My frustration, particularly as it relates to this injury, was just the nature of the injury, when it happened, how it happened, celebrating. You know, it's one thing if Edwin Diaz is pitching and he blows out his arm or, you know, he had like a Mike Soroka injury where he was fielding a ground ball, or the way he was coming off the hill. Actually, I'm trying to remember. I know it was against the Mets. Was it fielding a ground ball? Or was it just the way he came off the mound after a pitch. Regardless, if it was something that happened in the field of play, in some ways it makes it easier to stun, But then again, the bottom line is the guys out. The guys out. So you know we really can't at this point. Would have, could have, should it. It is what it is. It has happened, and now we have to deal with the reality of it. I, I don't think that this will stop players from participating. I think it'll give some players a a, a second thought about it, but I also don't think that this means that uh, we should cancel the tournament or no Mets should ever be allowed to participate again. The Mets just uh, unfortunately end up with the worst possible byproduct of what a tournament like this can bring, which is you put yourself more at risk than in the controlled environment that is spring training. But again, you know, Edwin Diaz could have been walking into Chipotle and, you know, in Port St. Lucie and for whatever reason, he's looking at his phone while he's walking in and he steps off the curb wrong and he ruptures his his, his Achilles or he, he tears his patella and all of a sudden, or it's like, oh my God, look at this injury. It's just unfortunate and now all you can do is just come to terms with that reality, which means someone else is the closer of the Mets this season. Who is that going to be? We discussed a little bit on yesterday's show, but I want to look at what is out there, um, both internally and externally, as we try to, again, wrap our heads around this reality, which is that, unfortunately, we're not going to be hearing in Narco um, at City Field this season. But before... We discuss any of this further. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Pro Baseball GM. Have you ever dreamed of becoming an MLB GM and managing your professional baseball franchise? Well, that dream can now come true. This is definitely the game for you. Manage every strategic aspect of your team. Play through the season. Lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and staff, managing the team finances, scouting and drafting players. Managing difficult personalities, navigating your franchise through free agency, and all the ups and downs of a season. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. Once downloaded, best part, you don't need Wi-Fi to play. So if you're going on a flight, got a long drive, somewhere where you're without internet, this is something you can do in App Play. Locked On Mess listeners get 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure you check it out. To download the game, just visit ProBaseballGM.com, scan the code, or look it up on the app stores. That's ProBaseballGM.com. Check out Ultimate Baseball GM. Start your dynasty today. <laughs> New York Mets are going to have to figure out their closer situation without Edwin Diaz now, and that leads you to look internal first. As much as we can point to free agency or the trade market, we're going to get to those options next. This is going to have to come from within, and Billy Upler has spoke plenty of times since this offseason about going into the air with five arms you trust. If you have five arms you trust, you know that you should, for the most part, be able to have three available to you at any time. And really, I think teams, while they still love having a closer, and when you have a guy like Edwin Diaz for the Mets or you know the Guardians with Emmanuel Class A or any of these teams that have one of these top-tier closers, clearly you want that guy that's going to be the, the one you call to in ninth innings. But a lot of teams do view the closer by committee type at this stage where they want to have multiple guys that can close games. And I do believe... The Mets signed David Robertson this offseason, knowing that if anything were to happen to Edwin, or if Edwin was not available because he got you six outs against the Phillies on one, you know, Friday night, and you had to go back and go to an arm on Saturday, you'd have a guy with closing experience. Last year, David Robertson had 20 saves. He pitched 63 in two third innings, pitched to a 2.40 ERA, and struck out eleven point four five batters per nine. He is still a very effective pitcher. He's coming off injuries that are behind him, and last year he was able to be healthy. Ironically enough, I think David Robertson hurt his Achilles celebrating in the dugout in the ALDS? Or was it the wild card round with the Phillies last year? So he's familiar with this. We want all of our relievers. Perfect way to celebrate. Let's clap our hands. Maybe a little fist bump, but with your non-pitching arm, I don't know, okay? But David Robertson is, to me, the clear-cut closer at this stage. You know, he has more experience in that type of role than Adam Adovino. You go back to 2014, Mariano Rivera leaves, Robertson fills in, saves 39 games, went to the White Sox, signed a deal with them to be their closer, 34 saves, 37 saves, 2017 rolls around. I believe he was in that last year with the White Sox. Saved 13 games. Got traded back to the Yankees. And ended up coming into a setup role again. 35 innings pitch. 1.03 ERA. Then was good with the Yankees again in 2018. 3.23 ERA. Bad stint with the Phillies. Injured all that stuff. Missed 2020. Missed almost all 2021. Last year got back to being himself. Yes, David Robertson is... 37 and will turn 38 in April. That does not to me mean anything about his ability to be effective. We saw last year with that low ERA, how he still was able to get batters out with ease. He's still able to strike batters out. This wasn't just someone that was fortunate based on some good batted ball luck. He was still a a very effective pitcher. He comes into this season and, and you know, he's got the cutter you know, he's got the curveball and the slider. You know, that, that cutter that he features most of the time going to come in at 93 miles per hour. Last year, Batters hit 224 against the pitch. Then you look at his secondaries. There's a big difference in velocity. Both of them come in in the mid to low 80s, 84.7 on the curveball, 83.9 on the slider. The whiff percentage on both of those pitches are high. Batters swung through his curveball 44.4% of the time. Slider 38.2% of the time. They hit 93. That's 0.93 against his curveball last year. Only slugged 213 against the pitch. His slider, 167 batting average, 262 slugging percentage. He's going to be fine closing games for the Mets. I think to me, the bigger thing, obviously, this is an injury that hurts you come October because you want an arm as lights out as Edwin Diaz. When you get to that stage, hopefully everything breaks right and you can have him back. But if you don't, what you need is Robertson and Ottavino to be those guys and you need a third or a fourth guy to establish themselves. Brooks Raley now going to be the third guy in that mix. Drew Smith, who would have been the fifth in those five relievers that you trust for high lever spots. He slides up to the fourth slide. I think he's okay with that. You just got to find that fifth arm. Now, but when it comes to Ottavino, 2.06 era last year, 10.83 strikeouts per nine. The walks were just slashed remarkably low. For his career, 3.94 walks per nine last year, 2.19. Last thing you need at this point is for Adovino to lose his control, and he becomes a different pitcher entirely. But you know what we saw last season, I think it's very repeatable. His slider is absolutely disgusting. He was a guy you could trust. He stranded base runners. Uh, 89.1% of the time, his left on base percentage was excellent. So I, I think between those two, the Mets have more coverage than they would have had in the past. You know, if you go back to, I mean, 2015, they had Addison Reed behind Juries Familia. But, you know, to have three guys this good, it does allow you to lose one and still be able to function. You just lost the one that you'd hate to lose more than any other. But. The bottom line here is the Mets still have two arms that you really trust in the back end of that bullpen. I think you can trust Raley. I think you can trust Smith. It's just a matter of who's that fifth guy now. Who's that other guy you can go to, uh, so that, like Billy Upper said this off season, you always have three arms you can trust. Because if you burn two, right now you're only left with with two. So, and even or if you burn you know three, you're only left with one, which is really the bigger deal. Um, as it relates to having as many arms as he would like that you can trust. So, for now, uh, the Mets have uh, some options internally, but there is room to add. Zach Britton is a name to look at. We're going to discuss him next and what else the Mets can do externally to add some health to their bullpen. Before we get to that, though, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. We are past the midway point of the NBA season, down to... The final stretch run before the playoffs, which makes now the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers, they're going to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, it's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to the spread to point scores and 3 pointer strain. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout With a same game parlay. I have my eyes on LB futures already, and you can look at Pete Alonso plus 1600 to win the MVP. I think that's a nice little bet, but actually to me, Francisco Lindor plus 2500. like those odds a little bit better. Don't miss your chance at that no sweat first bet up to $1,000 bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment matter more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. If we look towards free agency, there are a couple of arms uh, that make some sense, and the one that kind of screams out is Zach Britton okay? So he is a free agent last year, recovering from Tommy John. Comes back, has a shoulder injury. He walked like six guys of the nine batters he faced, so did not fare well. But if we go back in time a little bit, he was the relief face for Buck Showalter's Baltimore Orioles 2016. This guy pitched to a 0.54 ERA. I believe that was the year. The show alter was criticized heavily for not getting him into uh, was a little wild card playoff game I think that was the case. Went to the Yankees uh, most recently 2019 pitched to a 1.91 ERA in 61 and a third in the 2020 season, 19 innings, 1.89 ERA. Didn't have success in 2021, got the Tommy John, missed all last year for the most part. Now the question is is he healthy? He's 35 years old. He's pitching in a showcase the Mets are at on Thursday. I would be surprised if they blew everyone out of the water to sign him to just get another arm in here. Buck Showalter would probably love to have Zach Britton back. Gives you another lefty in that bullpen. Another guy who's used to high leverage situations. Somebody that you know, saved a ton of games from him. If you look back from 2014 through 2017, 37 saves, 36 saves, 47 saves, and 15 saves. Got a lot of opportunities there for his career. 154 saves. Just gives you another guy who's been there before in that type of a role that you can turn to. I think Britain's the clear answer here. If not him, Corey Knebel is another one. I don't necessarily love him. Uh, you know, he had some success with the Phillies last year. 3.43 ERA, 44 and two thirds. For his career, 3.26 ERA was good with the Dodgers in 2021, but I don't know. I don't know. You know, he's coming off a shoulder injury. That's always a scary thing to me for a pitcher. I like Britain more than Canable, I think, but I understand the Mets, you know, looking a lot of different options here. Uh if you look at the trade market, yes, there's some names that interest you. I think the the one that everyone's tossing around is Alexis Diaz. It's like, all right, let's get Edwin's little brother and and the Reds are just going to hand him to the Mets because it's the right thing to do. But that's not what's going to happen here. He's got five years of control. He's a reliever still, so it's not like the Mets can't swing that deal. But do you want to trade Ronnie Mauricio for Alexis Diaz? Do you want to trade Alex Ramirez or Kevin Parada or Jet Williams? We just saw Pete Crow Armstrong get traded. Obviously, that was for a rental, but get traded for Javi Baez and Trevor Williams. And you this is the last big prospect you traded, and he's pretty much now the consensus top prospect in the Cubs Far system. One of the best center field prospects in baseball. A guy that looks like he can win gold gloves and be just an absolute stellar starting center fielder in short order. It's a guy the Mets wish they had back. So You're going to trade Alex Ramirez on top of that? And then the one guy you still had in your system where you thought, okay, well, we can trade PCA because we got Alex Ramirez, similar age, similar position in our farm. So we feel good about that. Now you're going to trade Ramirez? You're going to trade Ronnie Mauricio to get a reliever after all the promise that he has shown this spring training and over the winter? I mean, I guess I'd be fine with it. If you're telling me it's an elite closer type, if you're able to center a trade package around Ronnie Mauricio, you keep Alex Ramirez, you keep Kevin Parada, you keep Jet Williams, you obviously keep Beatty and Alvarez. I think those guys are completely off the table anyway. And let's just say you trade Ronnie Mauricio and Mark Vientos um, and Christian Scott. So you throw an arm in there. and Or even it's, maybe it's Mike Vassell, whatever it ends up being and you get David Bednar, that would be great. And maybe if it's that trade, I'd wrap my head around it and be like, all right, I can kind of see it, and you are getting control, so you think, all right, well, this doesn't just help us for this season, it helps us beyond that where we have Bednar now and then Bednar and Diaz beyond this season. So maybe that is still a road the Mets could go down, but I think more likely... If they're going to trade a haul, they're not going to trade a haul right now when the entire league knows that they need somebody and they have them over a barrel. You're going to wait and see what it looks like this season because guess what? If you go into this year and David Robertson has 27 saves at the All-Star break and is again pitching to a sub-2-5 ERA and Adam Adovino is at a 2-4 you got those two guys, and Drew Smith has taken a leap. He's pitching to a 2.6 ERA, and Brooks Raley looks awesome as well. And, oh, yeah, guess what? Uh, Bryce Montes de was able to make a return in the middle of May from his injury, and he looks lights out. And you're just looking for that one more arm to put you over the top. Well, guess what? You have way more leverage in trade negotiations at that time. And you also might have teams where – you know, let's just say the Brewers completely fall on their face. They're just awful. And they decide, oh, you know what, we'll trade Devin Williams. You might have more names that are available than right now where there's the few teams who know they're not going anywhere that might trade a reliever. But the Reds are on no time crunch to trade you Alexis Diaz. They can wait and see. So... I don't know if this is the time to do it. If I had to guess what happens here, I'd guess they at sign Zach Britton and roll with what they got, see what they have there, because Britton could come back from injury and be the guy he used to be. And guess what? You don't have the best closer in baseball, but when it comes to arms you trust, you might not be any worse for wear. So we'll see how this shakes out. This can't hide, or this can't, change the fact that this sucks and I get being upset as a Mets fan. I am as well, but nothing to do about now except for move on and see what's next for the Mets here. So that's going to be all for today's edition of locked on Mets. As always, thank you for listening. Make sure you follow rate and review wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Finkelstein Ryan, follow the show at locked on Mets. Thank you for making locked on Mets your first listen every day. Now for your second listen, Check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. They'll get you ready for this upcoming season. Make sure you win your league this year by checking out Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.